your host, Liz, lovely Liz, as well as Sharon. Hello. Hello. How's everybody doing today? They good? I'm they're good. Not, they're not going to see nobody. They're not going to answer. Okay, they're not answering. We don't have a live audience. See, I, we <laughs> talked about this, that we... We needed to think about getting one of them buttons. I had to, I know that, yay! Woo, woo, woo. Arsenio Hostile is what I want. No, did you woo? Did you woo? Woo, 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 woo. Like Arsenio Hostile, that's not how they do it for real, but that's what I'm envisioning when I come down the stairs and, uh, or a button that's like, yeah, you know, like where it says applause now. Anyways, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I'm just like, I'm not co-signing that because I don't want no age. That right there gave me an age that in my mind. And I was like, I cannot co-sign. No, one of I, my I values. I need to let this collagen work a little longer before I start co-signing that. One of my values is vibrancy. So I don't care how old I am. I'm always going to be vibrant. Well, that's for fact. But let me tell you, before we get to that, okay, we supposed to do our segment, like what is the aunties, what would the auntie say, right? Like this is our time when we supposed to be highlighting people who are bold and daring and fearless and providing courage. Um, and, you know, or which my favorite is the audacity act. But you done said something that just really made me want to be like, okay, I'm not sure if it's you or me or us, but something right here just need to be addressed. So that's the other one. But we're not going there today. But I did want to just know something. If y'all see my face on this video turn a little bit like this, it is something going on with my chai tea. I just want to go around. <laughs> I don't know. The, the cardamom that went bad. Why but, do you keep drinking it? That's my um, thing. What's what, tell, t- Walk me through your chai. What happened is, okay, when you give me a nice big coffee cup like this, I feel as though once I have put all my fixings in there, you know what I mean? I eat my collagen that's super expensive, okay? <laughs> I put that in there with all my agave. Y'all heard me with agave, right? Not that honeybee, okay? Um, it'd be funny if agave is a honeybee. Let me mind my business. Okay, that's not my space. I'm gonna let somebody else tell me. But, um... But that's probably a plan. I feel like I, I need to cut that out, but I'm not. Okay. No, anyway, I'm not cutting agave out. I feel like it's in the healthy section at the grocery store. Yes. But I was just going to talk about how I don't know where it come from, but I'm really passionate about it. But from let me agave. Just, from a, it's a plant, isn't it? It's a plant. Is it the same plant as tequila? You can't look at me with the same curiosity I'm looking at you. Like, you got to have an answer. I, I thought agave came from the same place as tequila and therefore i think tequila is healthy yeah so this is not where we was going with my tea let me just okay tell me about your tea what's going on with this because when we get on that tequila talk it's a whole nother thing we need to do an after dark you're right we're gonna do an after dark where everybody's allowed to bring their cocktails i'm gonna bring a uh tequila and topo chico or an old-fashioned <gasps> or <gasps> a tequila old-fashioned oh yeah wait Mm-mm, no i'm not gonna i don't i never the bourbon and the, no no well, no no it's a it's just tequila it's mes mezcal mezcal oh yeah. is that how you pronounce it so tell me you about your chai what? what is going on with okay your i pause it okay <laughs> I digress. Once again, I'm like, don't look at me with the same curiosity that I'm looking at you because that's that's not going to work. So listen, I don't know what is happening here. Like, really, I was very passionate. I put all my fixings in there once again. And and I stirred this thing up, but I had a moment where I was like, oh, this is so good. However, 
every time I take a sip, it's like a little aftertaste. It's like, <laughs> I'm not sure you're supposed to be here, but I just keep trying to make sure it's just like not me. So you know, I shake it up and be like, maybe there's something at the bottom of it. But I mean, maybe the tea bag has gotten all this tea days and then I'm just at the tail end of the teas. But I, I'm going to go through it because I grew up this way. My family, this is not a healthy tip. I just want to throw that out there, y'all, because I had to learn. Where you have, to, you have to finish it. Don't be wasteful. We grew up in don't, the same house. Go don't, ahead. Auntie, don't be wasteful. Listen, I'm drinking it and I ain't going to complain, but I'm going to keep twitching. And I just want people to know, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with me. It's whatever at the bottom or the middle of the top of this drink. That has got a little Did extra you put tequila in it accidentally on purpose. Come on now. Give me days. Give me days without, you know, talking about it. Cause we done had a good weekend and I don't need no more days of that conversation. Wait, 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 wait. So this is our segment. We shouldn't be digressing on the tea. Okay. You, we, we, you really wanted to bring the tea conversation in there so that you may excuse your twitchy eye. It is. But I'm going to say it has tequila. <laughs> and I'm the, is that a workplace? So but still, we can have happy it, hour. It is clearly hora de like, feliz, feliz, hora, hora de feliz, something. Anyways, once again, do not look at with me the same curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> it's like earlier when you had me call the. You're like Liz. I need you to translate this. For me. I, I had Liz. to translate while I'm driving on 59. <laughs> Listen to me, y'all. So I do speak conversational Spanish. <clears throat> However, I'm rusty. I'm rusty. Like rusty. Well, no, like no, the funny part man. is, let me just clarify before you go on that you did say, I talk to them in Spanish all the time. I want to know what you're saying. Like that's, or how, like, are you talking? I imagine it like you're talking it like when you're dancing. You're like, hola, wapi, chica. It's not happening. It's not happening. And first of all, I don't want nobody like sending me no message about no appropriation. I just want to <laughs> tell you, I that's have. Okay. That's okay. No, Eat I don't the tacos. Eat the topo. It's fine. Being Mexican is trendy. I like it. I feel like this is a trick question. I don't know what's going on here. My DNI skills is exhausting right now because I feel like I want to engage in the nonsense. When Topo Chico got into Whole Foods, I felt like we were trendy. We'll, we'll go on. I did have a huge issue with that, but I also don't want to say the name of the grocery store that I ended up saying and that I know you yes. told me not to, but I, I ended up saying it. But it was it was in the grocery store and I had an issue and somebody had to walk me out, not from the grocery store. But anyways, and I also have a good Whole Food uh, H place, WH. First of all, we're going to get paid for all this endorsement. And second of all, did the person walk you out have a badge and a uniform? Like, what are we talking about here? No, but there was an instant where I was called ma'am. Actually, you know what? Can can that be my auntie story for today? My audacious act? (laughs) I just, I mean, I think we must at this point because I just don't, first of all, listeners, who, who is not curious? Raise your hand. See, this is why we need an audience. Just throw it out there. This is why you need an audience because then they'll be like, yeah, woo, 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 woo. No, they would never. Call. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our audience is, there is a, there is an audience of ours that will do the Arsenio Hall. Woo, woo, woo. I'm judging you. Let so my auntie moment at this grocery store that we shall not name because they haven't paid for, you know, to be on our show. Um, 
it's a very fancy one where when you go, you come out with all these weird cheeses and all these like weird ingredients. And you're like, I think this is really healthy. Um, <clears throat> some of it gets stuck in your throat because it's like, <laughs> it's a little, a little dry. Um, so I was with my child, right? And I had, let me paint you a picture. So I had my hair on a bun like up here and I have very, for those who cannot see me, um, I have very curly hair and it is thick. Thank you to my abuelita, Doña Mena. Um, so it's up here. I got my big hoop earrings that I always wear no matter where, because I feel like I can wear whatever I want. And then I put my hoop earrings and my lipstick on and I'm good. I can rule the world. Mm-mm-mm, there I go. Then I also have some black tights and I have a Biggie small shirt on and my kids, <laughs> it's a Biggie small shirt. It's just his outline and has his crown and stuff. Anyways, yes, I'm a fan. So I'm I with my- you, I'll ask questions later. Okay, thank you. So I'm, my child, he's not feeling well. He was like two or something. And he just was not feeling well. He is also wearing sunglass shades inside the grocery store in one of those carts. You know, those, uh, the, they, they're like little race cars. It's the shopping cars. That, so he's like not feeling well. And I think my husband's out of town at this time because he's, but he was traveling a lot at that time. And I'm taking him to this grocery store to get milk and all that stuff because it's the nearest one. And my kid's sick. My kid's like screaming, oh my gosh, just screaming, you know, parents that go to the grocery store with their kids. I get it. It's a tough, it's a tough, tough time, but it's also tough for everyone that's also experiencing this. I appreciate that. I do not take my kids to the grocery store. So he's throwing a fit, but he's also not feeling well. And I saw this guy in front of me and he kept charging the card and it wouldn't go through. And I was just about to say, Sir, let me help you with, I'll just pay for your groceries. It's time. But then he turned around and gave my kid a look. That look like, lady, ma'am, you better shut your kid up. <laughs> I went, uh-uh, no, you're not doing that today. Mm-mm, no, sir. That He is sick. He's a kid. You're the one that can't pay your groceries. Oh no, wait a minute. You went there though? This is how this story going in? He gave me that look like he get he looked me up and down. Okay. He looked at my kid and he was all like. And I was like, you know, he was frustrated because he couldn't get his car to go. And I was, and I was met, he didn't know this, but I was like, I was about to pay for his grocery bill, which yeah. you know, was going to be like 50 bucks or something. Easy, easy. And I was like, no, you're the one that can't pay for it. <laughs> so the so manager, for, the manager so, comes into me and he's like, no, ma'am. And it's like a, a little kid, right? He's like, ma'am, um, you need to calm down. I said, no, you know what you need to do? You're the manager of the store. What you need to do is get uh, Miss and Miss over there. And I see that you're just drinking your chai latte. <laughs> and you need to get her and open up these uh, registers. And that way we're not in line. That As a manager, that's what you need to do. You need to utilize your staff properly so we wouldn't be having it. Don't ma'am me. Don't ma'am me. 
So um, <clears throat> I just try to get the picture here. So my little my little loved one is got on shades in a getaway car at the um, <laughs> AKA the shopping cart, yes. um, causing havoc. Right, just letting everybody know I'm sick and I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Mom, <clears throat> aka me and Mana, got her biggie swaths ready for the world, right? <laughs> more money, more problems shirt on with the crown. Yes. And not only that, you you got the hoop, so you already just was like, I'm I'm ready for this world. So where he, he gave you a look. So let's just go back. Looks sometimes could be, you know, we supposed to be suspended judgment, but I clearly think the escalation happened. So wait, but the funniest part for me, mine is <laughs> my little one is in this getaway shopping cart with these sunglasses on, is how you escalated on them. So let me be clear. The manager coming over was enough for me. Let as this black skin. In that grocery store, I would have been like, you got to calm down, sis, because I cannot be tased. And that is not in my ministry today because you they escalated with you. He how the manager get there so quick. I just want to understand. Where was he? Where was he? Was he behind that? The soaps of the, you know, they have those like custom soaps. Was he there watching? Or was he like, oh, I'm going to watch this lady because she has this kid that's crying and somebody's not going to be happy. So first of all, I don't know. And I don't feel like our legal auntie would be comfortable with us no. making too many assumptions. But I would say mm-hmm. at least one thing is I just want to know how your tone got with this fella who gave you. I wasn't having it that day. <laughs> who, was, who came over to help you, help you help yourself and not the man who he didn't come to help through. me. And he should have helped the guy that couldn't get his card thing. I was like, do you? And I said, do you want me to pay for your food? Listen, first of all, the, your tone would have been done for me. And I don't know. In the moment, I would have probably been like, go ahead. Because I'm, I'm just all the way disturbed at this point. Because ain't nothing more embarrassing when you try to be mean to somebody. And then none of your stuff is working. So it's like you being mean and you holding up space. You got a lot. That's a long walk to you your got a lot going on. You got a lot going for you. You got a lot. I think the moral of this story is um, I'm going to be in front of you at the um, <laughs> store just in case you want to buy all my stuff too because that place you talk about is a little bug. Sometimes I'll be like, if I have to go in here, I will. Um, I will. But Why I is it Topo Chico like $18 a pack? See, I wouldn't know because I, I like when you was talking about the shows, I was like, I don't think I've ever gone in there for anything but like some food uh because i treat it like more of a food court uh of mm. some sort because mm. it has a lot of that stuff but when i tell you when they was like oh there's more things here than that past those two hours mm, not my interest you know what i mean because that no, means i'm gonna, gonna add stuff to your shopping cart and then you're gonna get uh then you're really gonna have your auntie face moments <laughs> listen i just glad you're here sis like for real i mean that sounds so like is my husband moment. i had to call him and tell him my my i had my walk of shame calling him i said babe i did something <laughs> he's like that is a grocery store that we frequent often i like to hear calmness in the story because i like to escalate <laughs> i need that level that tone oh, that is man. okay what a great auntie moment that was definitely yes. an auntie moment but anyways 
So that's yes. my story for today. Um, yes. You're going to take us to the next part? We're going to get to the next level. So we're going to, this this session, we have a guest. Um, her name is Brandy. I have Yay. known her. Woohoo! I have known yes. her. Audience since. noise. Woo-hoo. No. <laughs> Don't do it. I'll come on. I know I always I always find something and I end up doing it in every like episode have you but your arm is going up to like you're fully committed we don't don't do it it's a movie it's gonna be somebody looking it up trying to figure out what it is that you do it they are 1990 something Arsenio Hall show host I don't know uh the MC Hammer pants hella uh what are those things called the shoulder, the shoulder pads, pads, shoulder pads where you were like mm-hmm. a triangle this is the denim jacket okay i'm done let's okay. go back let's, <laughs> listen all right so brandy i have known brandy since high school we've known each other a very long time and this is what happens with social media and me I tend to follow a lot of people and i'm like of course they're in my life forever they're you know you know i it, it was one of those moments that you talked about in our first episode where somebody pops into my head. You asked me, how does that happen? I have no idea. I still don't know, but something happens and somebody pops into my heart and my head and I have to, and I have to reach out to them. And as a matter of fact, Brandy, um, I have followed her throughout the years and all her achievements. She is a whoop, 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 bad ass. Let me tell you, if we can say that, you can scratch that buddy. Uh, just kidding. Um, no, she is. She's an incredible person. Um, and she's so caring, so loving. Um, and she, I just, she's in the education field and I just followed her, her achievements and was always really super proud of her. Um, I don't remember what class we shared, but I remember she used to sit behind me and we'd always talk about makeup and stuff and, (laughs) and everything in high school. But we recently connected, over a very similar experience that she was, she publicly posted on, on her social media. And I don't know, my heart just reached out to her and I said, Hey, um, I got an idea for you. (laughs) Do you want to be on our podcast? Um, and also I think you should do a coaching, uh, coaching certification because she's an incredible, like in, you know how, you know, those people you're like that Shara, where you didn't need a coaching certification. You got it but you've always, you've always coached people your whole entire career. So I want to invite uh, Brandy to come on and join us. Woo-hoo! Hey, Brandy. Hey guys. Thank you for having me. Um, yes. I'm really, it's really happy to be. I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> uh, Brandy, it looked like you done got Liz. That's when we have to use Liz as a, um, <laughs> description um an adjective because she has a way of talking people into stuff i eat me while i'm here so now i have a shared person who's gone through it and now has had to say yes and not know what you're saying yes to but just yes (laughs) oh (laughs) it definitely was a a good yes a willing yes for sure i'm really passionate about all the stuff we talked about so 
Oh, so Brandy, like we want, so one thing that we love to do is introduce tools on our podcast. And so one of the things that we want to kind of give our listeners is the diversity wheel. And so we've shared that with you. And, um, and really for those of you, this is your first time listening to us. Um, the diversity wheel is just a way for you to kind of talk about the diverse dimensions of you as a person and, or you can do it with others. Right. But it's really like, Hey, how are all the things that are, me, i.e. the inner circle being either your thinking style or your demogra- your biological demographics. Um, and then the outside, the middle part or the outer layers are more about your experiences. So that plus, right? All the intersectionalities of you and all the experiences that make you uniquely yourself. Um, and if you haven't seen one, just go pull one up because it'll be easier to see it than me try to explain it. And then the outer pieces is usually about your organization or where you work or how you affiliate, right? Or where you spend the most time that's either somebody paying you or you feel a passion around and those types of things. So I always try to tell people like, okay, use this tool because it's easy to get people to talk about their life. So I am going to ask you- She loves a good tool. All the dimensions. What are your top dimensions? And see for the audience, listen and see how how the magic works. Yeah, sure. So I mean, of course, it's it's they they exist not independent of one another, right? But they work all kind of together to make us who we are. And so I think the two that really resonate with me were uh, the core and the internal dimensions, right? Because that's who you are unchangeably so, right? And there are some habits and some things that we learn from from our youth and our childhood and some of the traumas or experiences that we've had over the years um, that make us who we are. Um, But I think that what makes them so important to me and kind of resonates with me is the fact that we're constantly challenging ourselves to be better versions of who we are or who we've become because of our circumstances. And so I think that um, me being a um, cis woman, right, and in navigating this kind of world of education as a polyamorous, demisexual woman um, in itself kind of puts me in situations where I have to not just really know who I am and what I stand for and what I'm not going to stand for, but also um, being able to recognize those kinds of traits and different ones in other people, Um, which sometimes if you don't ask those questions about yourself and take time to reflect and, and, and ask those really hard questions about why am I so stuck in this mindset or this perspective on an issue, um, those important conversations with ourselves lend us opportunities to really fully understand. And then eventually what happens is when you find yourself in a place of conflict with someone else that's not like you or hasn't shared those same experiences, um, you don't see them as challenges. You see them as opportunities for further growth and further development. And I think that's just a lot of what's lacking in public education. Um, You know, I spent 15 years in the same school district, a large school district here in Houston. And um, all 15 of those years were uh, very pleasurable and, and, and really positive experiences, not just with my students and my teachers, but with the community at large. And I think um, a lot of times we find ourselves meeting individuals that, um, you know, don't share the same mindsets or, you know, are stubborn in their ways. And, and I always took it as um, not necessarily a challenge, but really an opportunity 
to um, educate and kind of train and coach, as you said, Liz, <laughs> uh, people on on how to kind of shift the paradigm and see things from others' perspectives. And um, one of my mentors, Dr. Paula Finley, would be listening to this, and I can imagine her going, "Wow, Brandy has really grown because that's just not who I was, say, nine years ago." You know, I've really kind of evolved. Um, are y'all familiar with Myers Briggs? Of BTI? course, yes, of course. Okay, so so Paula Finley introduced me to to Myers Briggs when I first moved from one campus to another um, in the school district, and um, when I took it, I was an ENTJ, right? Extroverted, intuitive, thinking, judging, um, and so if you've ever taken the little online free assessments, my personality type shows a little woman in a in a purple suit um <laughs> and she's holding like a ruler or something in her hand and it's called the commander um yeah yes. it's like that type a i need the agenda two weeks in advance like don't change your mind everything's kind of black and white um make decisions with logic and reasoning and that kind of thing um and so through paula's mentorship um, an understanding of all the different personality types. I really have, I'm still, I still will test as an ENTJ because that's my natural instinct, mm -hmm. right? Like everything needs to be in line. Um, but really I think that through my experiences and through my knowledge of the different personality types, I've grown to be a more emotionally, um, like I lead more with the heart and with emotions and trying to understand people for who they are outside of what my expectations or my standards are for who humans are. And so that's just kind of really helped me to be the leader that I've become um, in my community. And, and I think that that kind of, you know, what I do in the workplace with, with the diversity wheel is kind of what I do in life, right? They're, they're just kind yeah. of seamless and interchangeable. So I think like, thank you for sharing that first, Brandy, that is uh, like to, to even say, Hey, I'm, I am who I am today, but I wasn't this way yeah. nine years ago. I think we've all really experienced that in, in our, in our careers, in our lives and a lot of it. And you start thinking about, man, why was I like, I don't know about you, but I know for me, like I really was, I beat myself up like, oh man, I almost felt like I, I wasted my life away being so like high strung and I deal with anxiety and, and everything is like, oh my God, did, did it, did I make this? Did I create this monster? But it's not right. A lot of it is also a safety mechanism that we've had to, we've had to be in certain spaces as the onlys, as you know, like you share that you're polyamorous with us. And it's like, you you and we've all experienced times where we've been the only or have been something that other people aren't familiar with or aren't 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 comfortable with and when people when there's differences in there I wouldn't say most people but a lot of people tend to kind of be scared of the differences whereas Cher and I live in a world where we love those differences and we celebrate them but you know you have a lot of in a lot of spaces you don't share share those um celebrate those differences Right. So I think for me, what's come up for me is that like, wow, that, that, the the change and the, the acknowledgement, like I was there, but I am here today. And also to the importance of like saying, I need to be comfortable on who I am and where I am at in my life in every situation, not just the good ones, right. because I'm going to get into a, a situation where I am stressed out. 
or I'm going through something. It's inevitable, right? We're all going to go through storms. Um, and, but that person who I am, as long as I'm authentic and I'm, I'm sure of who I am, that person is going to carry me through, through the good times, the bad times, through the storms, whatever hurricanes (laughs) that you're dealing with. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many different, I guess, dimensions to what makes us human beings and, and who we are, right? I mean, you talked about remembering me from, you know, whatever class it was. I don't remember either. So long ago, we won't talk about how long. It wasn't but, that long ago. <laughs> it was, I did, I did reference Arsenio Hall at the beginning. So there's <laughs> Well, and I think back to, to my high school self, right? And, you know, um, my, my husband, one of my life partners will tell you that he remembers me as the girl with the red hair, right? And, and, you know, you remember me as the girl that sat behind you. And, you know, I would talk about makeup and I was the captain of the cheerleading squad. Right. And so, you know, if you, if you stereotype and put all of that together, you're like, oh, you know, she was, you know, kind of girly and she was this or that. And you put together kind of this idea of who you are. And while some of those things have really stuck with me, obviously I'm very feminine presenting and I love my makeup and my kinder scat, <laughs> but we but all. The, the mentality is vastly different. The way that I operate in the world and the way that I present myself and, um, you know, interact with others is so different from high school Brandy. Um, and, and that has a lot to do, not just with the, um, you know, either traumas or, or situations that I've been through, but also my interaction in my getting to know others and empathizing or sharing experiences with them and how they process those. I mean, I'm an observer, you know, I, I like to sit or if I were at the grocery store that shall not be named with you, I would have sat back and just watched, right? Like looking, <laughs> but I would have already known ahead of time. Oh man, she's really stressed out because her kid is like, you know, having a hard day or whatever. And so that's just part of what we, what I do now in the past high school, Brandy would have saw you at the grocery store and be like, Ooh, what is this woman's problem? You know, I would have had all kinds of things to say. Um, but just that those shifts that happen. And, and sometimes we don't even notice that there's shifts taking place Yeah. from the time I left uh, my school district until right now, there has been a dramatic shift in kind of how I see things, how I see myself and how I plan to present myself to the world. Um, I mean, six months ago, I would have never thought about coming onto a public broadcast and saying, I am Brandy Lita, 15 year educator, and I am a polyamorous demisexual. I would have never said that. Right. And so, um, all of our experiences, um, and the things that we can't control, like where we were born and to whom we were born, um, all make us who we are and they should be celebrated. So who got chills? Because I got chills. This is it's a moment. It's happening. I, this is a moment. I'll I was honest. going to clap because I felt like I hadn't heard this before because it felt that way. It felt special. I was like, okay. Yeah. But you know what though? I I applaud you, Brady, because I'm going to tell you right now, I, when you say it, I'm like, okay, I need to go look at my glossary of terms because I am not educated enough to ask another question, but there is some terms that you have used that I do not know the answer to. So I wanted to ask when you meet folks like me who are like, okay, I'm all, I want to know more. How, how should people engage with you? 
right? Like I'm curious. I I built, I don't if before you met me, I mean Liz did an introduction with me, but if I was on the street and you said that to me, I'm feeling inspired. I got tons of questions. <laughs> Tell people in the audience what what is some things to consider when you come a, come into the community, you hear some things that one, you want to connect to, two, you kind of like, I'm curious, but where is the lines, the boundaries? Sure. So um, I guess it just depends on who you're dealing with. But me personally, I'm, you know, I don't mind the questions. Um, my, my two partners and I have been out in public, um, whether it be socializing in a bar, at a restaurant or whatever. And, you know, you see people look in because they notice, you know, well, let me define polyamory first. <laughs> so, so I, I identify, myself as a polyamorous demisexual. Um, and so what that means, polyamory, you break it apart, right? Poly being multiple, amorous being love, right? Or the capacity to love. And so um, my partners and I wholeheartedly uh, believe and feel that we are capable of loving more than one person simultaneously. And I know that sounds weird because you guys do it. If you have kids, if you have parents, if you have, you know, my hermana, <laughs> right? And so the only difference is that I love more than one person romantically. Um, and so, you know, we kind of feel that society tells us that there has to be a cap on romantic love, but it doesn't tell us there has to be a cap on familial love or friendly love. And so um, we just kind of dismantle that idea <laughs> and uh, we open ourselves up to genuine, authentic connections with people, whether they end up as friendships or um, friends that become family or even romantic uh, pursuits. And so, um, and me being demisexual, what that means is that um, I cannot, that's my sexual identity, right? Um, so my sexual identity is that I am attracted to, to any person, but there has to be, in order for there to be a sexual attraction, I have to have um, an intellectual and emotional connection with that person before I can engage or, or feel like I'm sexually attracted to them. If that makes sense. So, you know, I, I, I am an open book. I enjoy the questions we prefer, you know, like I was saying, when my partners and I are out in public, you know, we get glances and stares because they'll see me walk in, say, holding hands with my, le my legal husband. Um, and then somewhere down the hour or so that we're spending there, um, they'll see, you know, who I refer to as, as my wife or my other partner come up to me and, and hug me or kiss me or, or, or whatever. And, you know, you get the glares and you get the what's going on over there. People always assume we're cheating. <laughs> like, I wonder if he knows. <laughs> um, but as the drinks flow, you know, um, people become more courageous or more um, willing to ask me the questions or, you know, hey, like, are y'all all three together? Like, what is that? Um, and so, you know, I, I just answer them. I'd rather them ask than assume that we're, you know, like pervert the idea because mm -hmm. uh, it's really not about because it's love. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it is love. And and honestly, I'm going to share like I wasn't familiar when you and I first like reconnected and we were having crepes and you were telling me and I and, and you said it. So I said, oh, well, I know Brandy and I've and it's almost we always make assumptions and it's like we always make bad assumptions too like why is it that our assumptions are always bad I, come on y'all like let's respond to that but I think at the end of the day it's all love it's all just you have a relationship and it's love and you're also um raising two children as well too and how wonderful is this world going to be um with 
like with their minds completely open. I mean, I have a very open conversation with my own children about how love, you know, we don't, we don't push down this whole, oh, when you marry a girl or when you marry, you know, it's like one, like you don't have to get married if you don't want to. It doesn't have to be a girl. It doesn't have to be one partner. It's whoever and whatever you want to love. And it's like, they're just so open. So when they see, you know, uh, people of the same sex um, holding hands or they see someone that's transgender or, you know, if they see a dynamic, you know, I know in your family, they won't even skip a beat. Like they won't even, it won't be, they'll ask probably a curious question out of curiosity, but it won't be an assumption that's been made. That's a bad assumption, you know? And, and kudos to you, Liz, seriously, because you're taking one of the steps that for us seems very natural, right? Raise our kids to understand that there are more types of families than just the one we we live in, right? And, you know, me being a former principal, uh, high school principal and teacher and assistant principal, um, that is just what we, that's all we need is for families and parents to really just love their kids for who they are, but the way that the same way that we educate our kids on, you know, stranger danger or, you know, who, who to not talk to in certain situations or, or, or anything like that, we should be having these conversations. And I know that's a touchy subject, you know, with, um, you know, Lieutenant Dan Patrick trying to, <laughs> Lieutenant Governor trying to get the, the don't say gay bill passed and everything. But um, it, it's so unfortunate because it's, it's part and parcel to what we do as educators every day is trying to, we're not educating kids on what it means to be gay or to be bisexual or to be transgender or anything like that. It's educating kids as they come to us. And you're taking the first step because a lot of parents just try to shield their, their kids from that idea. And then what's going to happen when they're confronted with it out in -hmm. society. Right. And I think for my husband and I, we both made that decision saying we were both on the same page. We're both advocates and supporters of pride and LGBTQ plus. And, and, and we, for us, that love is something that is so important. We both have experiences within our own families where a family member was shunned, how that created this loneliness and aloneness into that person. Um, so we both experience that with a, a person that we, we, two people we love and, and they're our family members. And so for us, it was really important to raise our kids that way. But I have heard many people in our, in our, in our groups, you know, we're living in Texas, as you can imagine, a very conservative, highly, there's, you know, very religious kind of area where the uncomfortableness comes of saying, I don't want schools teaching my kids about sex. And I was like, it always goes to sex. Um, And um, that's a conversation that I want to have with my children. But it's like, well, how are you having that conversation? And why, why can't it come? If it's, if it's about love, why can't it all come from the school? Right. How do you, how do you respond to something like that? Yeah. And I would, I would say this is not a conversation about sex, which is kind of what the conservative viewpoint is right. Like we're trying to instill, you know, put this bill into place because we want to prohibit schools from having conversations about sex and, or people's 
sexual habits or whatever it is that they're, that they're, how they're framing it. And that's completely false. It's something as simple as, um, like it is a civil rights issue. You Liz, if you were to go into a school as a teacher and your first day of school, one of the very natural expected things that you're going to do is introduce yourself. And in doing so and trying to make yourself human to your students, you're going to say, hello, I'm Mrs. Slay. I'm going to be your English teacher today. A little bit about myself. I used to study blah, 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 blah. I went to this college. I have a husband and we have one child and a dog. And you just so happen to be a cis heterosexual woman. And so there's no alarms that go off. But if I go in as a teacher and I say, well, hello, students, I'm Mrs. Lyra, and I'm going to be teaching English and um, a little bit about me. I went to the University of Houston, and I have two life partners, Libby and Matthew, and we have a dog and two children. Everybody's going to go, what? Two life partners? One's a woman? Right? Suddenly, there's this big thing because everybody's positing their own negative perceptions and assumptions about what that means. But nobody blinks an eye when a cis woman says, I have a husband and two kids, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of changing that narrative. And, and I want to I wanna go back to the point you made about a family member who, who um, had someone that was kind of shunned um, because of you know, who they are. And homelessness is, is big in the U.S., right? Like nobody would argue that. And especially with Black and Latinos, um, they are, they, youth experience homelessness at even higher rates than others. Did you guys know that 40% of the total youth homeless population is LGBTQ? They're 120% uh, more likely to experience homelessness than any other youth in this country. 40%. Yes. 40%. That is, that is, I didn't know that, Sherry. Did you know that? <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, first of all, that's really shocking. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge those who are finding this conversation difficult, right? So for those of you who are, have heard terms that are new to you, that got you curious, and now there's been some terms because we've talked about, you know, politics, we've talked about the word sex, we said that all out. We've talked about openness around fam- different families um, and also um, LGBTQ plus and how it, how it could show up just very naturally in a conversation in school. I would say an offer to anybody listening, if you are finding any triggers or if you're finding yourself getting uncomfortable or a part of this conversation, you are in the right place because the the piece that you should do is go back to those spaces that we just talked about and and write down what triggered you. What was the word? What came up for you? What was the visual? What was the circumstance that was it that popped up when it happened that you felt a little uncomfortable? Now I'll say all that to say now once you had a chance to write that down, go look at the diversity will. Everything we talked about literally comes down to two big pieces. One, who we are individually, both the similar things and the different things. And then it goes back to this wheel, which says, in those similarities and differences, what are those experiences that I have that are uniquely mine and are different for others? Now, once you put it in those buckets, I need you to come back and listen to this conversation. Because I will tell you, as a Black woman, I grew up in, in, in spaces where some of this conversation could not happen. 
whether it was aligned to faith, if it was aligned to mind your business, that somebody else, you know, that mind mm-hmm. your business was a big, broad umbrella of mind your business. Um, or, you know, you just, you don't associate with them. Them being in quotations, whatever them is, right? Them, it could be a whole lot of things, right? But at the end of the day, whatever those pieces are, this is where we're growing right here to kind of take this moment to learn. And, and, and I've been holding back, Brandy, but I just want to know, like, what are some of the stereotypes that you face in the workplace? Like, I, I, I struggle for a while to show up in my full self and I have parts of me that I still haven't unveiled. But what are some of those things and what has been the impact? Yeah, so um, I actually got along pretty well <laughs> um, for the 15 years. I will say that um, the reason I got along very well is because I unfortunately hid that part of who I was all 15 years. Um, and so it wasn't until very recently when, um, you know, something happened within the district and, and people's true colors came to show once, once my identity was revealed, um, unwillingly, of course, um, because I believe wholeheartedly everybody should be able to tell their own story from their own mouths and should never be outed by individuals who are feeling some type of way about them themselves. And I'll leave that part alone. But but (laughs) once my story was shown or, or told incorrectly, um, people's true colors began to show almost immediately. I had unanswered phone calls. I had texts that were, you know, I was left on red, as they say, uh, for weeks at a time. And, and there's this kind of process that for everything that takes place um, in a work setting and certain processes were not followed with fidelity. And, you know, I, I can attribute it to that, to, to my identity and my relationship status, my, my um, sexual identity, um, because I can't think of anything else that happened between that time frame. It, it was literally, I was outed and against my will by another employee. And then almost the next day, you know, it kind of, I started to be treated differently. And at the time I didn't know it, but it was after the fact when everything started kind of laying itself out and and falling um, in place that I started putting things together. And I was like, oh, that makes sense now. That was the exact same day that the communication, the lines of communication changed. It was the same exact day that I couldn't get anyone to support me on something I needed with the teacher who was, who was leaving the district. Right. I mean, so, um, but that's me personally, I think, you know, and I'm, and I'm okay now. Right. I mean, I have broken away from the district. I, I left on my own free will voluntarily, no lawsuits, nothing like that, a clean break. Um, and I made that decision for myself. Um, And so now as I'm approaching, you know, finding a new position and I've been interviewing like crazy over the last few weeks um, and, you know, I'm making it to the finalist rounds in many of these positions and and I'm in a good place because my cover letter says who I am. It says that I am, I don't say polyamorous because I don't think people, people be like, what is that? Right. (laughs) And And I want them to find out through me, not through a letter, but I do identify myself as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, um, as a Latina, because I can't see that just by my last name, Lida, it doesn't really 
say that. My maiden name says, is Martina, so that's kind of clear, but <laughs> but you don't automatically know it. And there's not a picture associated with my resume or or my cover letter. So, you know, I'm I'm making it this far with these other school systems by being authentically me. And that feels wonderful. <laughs> but Brittany, so, I guess I guess I have to ask, what did people miss while you were hiding or or you were knocked out? They didn't miss anything except the knowledge that I'm a polyamorous woman who happens to have a female life partner. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I wore my my rainbow band every day to work. My kids knew that I was, I mean, a lot of them called me their unofficial mother. Um, you know, I they saw me as an ally because they knew I was married to a man, right? They didn't miss out on anything. They got me as who I am without the knowledge that I happen to be, you know, in a life partner partnership with two people. Um, so they got authentically me, just not, I didn't have the freedom to be able to like go to prom, for example, every year I go to prom as the principal. And, and before I uh, met Libby, I would go to prom and take Matthew, my husband. And, you know, that's just one of those little perks. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> he would always say, I'm dating the principal so I get to go to prom again. <laughs> 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 but like when those things come up, then it's kind of like I have to choose. And I would always, you know, eventually I just stopped taking either one of them because I don't want to choose who to take. And if I chose Libby, then it became like, well, who's that? Like, where's your husband? So How did that, um, how did that impact your and you don't have to share if you don't want to but like that that decision I know you shared that with me that you weren't able to go to prom and I know you were gutted for it because it's something that you share with your kids at school and it's important to you especially you see the kids like graduating and everything how did that impact that decision in your in your family well I would go yeah they just they just wouldn't accompany me um and so, you know, but it's not the same, right? Like you want to stay until the very end and you want to like really kind of, it, it's nice to have your partner there because it's kind of the one time a year besides the graduation um, where you're like, oh yeah, that's so-and-so, you know, that I told yeah. you about, or, you know, they get to meet and that's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things that I never really experienced. Um, but I'll tell you now, I'm still in contact with a, a lot of the parents, a lot of the students. I mean, just before this, I was texting with one of the students. We're trying to get them a job at Starbucks, um, you know, because they're thinking about, um, you know, down the road wanting to have gender affirming surgery. And, you know, little tidbit, Starbucks actually fully pays for gender affirming surgeries for their partners, um, as long as you're, you know, employed for a certain amount of time. So um, those relationships that I built with those students by simply being there and saying, you belong here and I see you and you can show up as who you are every single day really made a lasting bond between all of us. Um, and even after, you know, I left the district and, and I came out to families publicly through the post that you saw, um, I was just kind of remorse because all of them were like, we don't care that, that, you know, like that was never a thing. Why did you feel like you couldn't say that or, or just be who you were? We knew who, you know, we developed this trust in who you were as a leader. None of that really mattered. Um, but you know, there's just some things about being in a predominantly Catholic Latino community where you just, you kind of 
tread lightly because <laughs> you don't know whether all, you're gonna... all the time yeah all the time and I mean you know it's interesting that in hindsight people always say oh yeah I don't know why you didn't tell us but that that safety has never been consistent right? Like oftentimes people just forget how many places that are unsafe, whether you layer it as in being a woman or you layer in being Latina or Black or whatever your ethnicity is, or you layer in if you have a disability, whatever you want to put, not disability, and a different ability, um, whatever you want to layer into that, right? Like your faith and all those things, like there's always a place where there's been some not safe places to be openly and uniquely you. And sometimes it's the workplace. Sometimes it's in your home. It's different, you know, relatives is, you know, different places that you go. I mean, we always are, and I can't say always, but oftentimes uh, when you're of difference, whatever that is, you're always in some place of like, is this place safe for me? And once you check those boxes off, you just unveil a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more about yourself. but in hindsight, people always say, you should have told me. And I'm like, it has been many more places that I should, I, I told, and it was not safe or, um, I chose not to, and my, and, and my interactions were better. So you just, you find those safe places, but to hear that the students have and the parents have safe places with you, that's really important. Like in a time like this, given everything that's happening in the world where people are looking for a sense of belonging, whether that's on social media and communities or just trying to find themselves or trying to navigate their, their mental health or who they are growing, growing through and growing through whatever it is that they're trying to, to get to for themselves or, or this idea of themselves it's really important to have safe spaces. And I guess I, I do want to understand what would be a safe a safe space for a parent and a child who are navigating this particular topic? Yeah, so um, as a resource, PFLAG here, in, um, PFLAG is kind of a national organization, but here in Houston, um, parents and families can get support on how to support their child. So let's say, you know, your child comes out to you, says, you know, maybe they were assigned female at birth and then are kind of thinking about transitioning or, or even just questioning, um, any parts of who they are or who they're attracted to. Um, PFLAG has, um, I want to say either monthly or weekly, um, workshops for families. So you can learn kind of all the pronouns you can learn, kind of how to navigate asking those questions. You can navigate the different types of sexuality um, across the rainbow. <laughs> um, and then they also give you kind of some some tips and strategies on how to have regular conversations or check-ins with your child that's part of the community. Um, also, there are many resources in Houston for LGBTQ youth who have been kicked out of the house or find themselves running away from home. And so um, I, I believe I sent you guys the, the links. And if I haven't sent them all, I'll send them after this. Yeah, and we'll um, post them on our Instagram video. page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of resources here in Houston. And um, one of the biggest things too, I guess, speaking as an educator, and maybe there's some educators listening in, um, and you're wondering like, well, how do I start to have these conversations or like, what, do, how do I navigate in the schools, creating safe spaces for LGBTQ youth? And what I would say is that the same way you, you know, practice inclusivity and belonging with all of your other students, like we have this whole national program on special education, right? Um, and I, and I believe that everybody 
should be approached in the same kind of ways. We're all individuals with very unique abilities, very unique needs and levels of support. And so approach it in the same way. Students cannot come to school thinking that they can't be them authentic, their authentic selves and learn. They have to feel like they are seen and they are heard and not just that, but that they are um, actively solicited for their input and their feedback on how things are going. Um, so one of the things that, that we did is we had kind of a principal's advisory board. It faded off a little after COVID because, you know, we couldn't do as much. Um, but just kind of speaking the same language, if you're not sure how to approach about pronouns or, or how to have those conversations, ask your kid, like just ask the kids, hey guys, I'm really trying to understand, you know, kind of our student body and where everybody is. Can y'all talk to me a little bit about kind of identity issues that, that maybe we should be concerned about? And you don't even have to say LGBTQ. You don't have to say gay. You don't have to say any of that. The kids will tell you it all, right? Mm -hmm. And then based on what they give you, brainstorm with your team, approach teachers and say, hey, this is what kids are thinking and saying and feeling. What should we do? Let's design a plan of action and then bring those students in to be a part of that action plan. Um, you know, it's not just about the stickers and, and having the poster on the wall, although those things do create an environment for like nonverbal cues, right? Like you're welcome here. So as a guest, you see those things, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, but it's, it's beyond the poster and it's beyond the stickers and it's beyond the wristband, right? It's, it's actively seeking out the opinions of those kids that you know um, fall into the community. And a lot of times what, what we did at is some of our teachers would take it upon themselves um, and they would give um, beginning of the year surveys where it wasn't, do you go by another pronoun, right? Because parents are like, why are they asking that? Um, but something as simple as like legal name, preferred name. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're a transgender student that wants to go by another name. That could mean, you know, my name is Elizabeth and I want to be called Liz, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then a space for pronouns and a space for any, any personal story you'd like to share with me that you think would impact your learning environment, right? That's so important. Um, always, yeah, always tying it back to the learning environment. And that's really what it is. We're not trying to, there's no gay agenda, right? We're not trying to make the kids gay. We're not trying to teach them about, you know, oh, you could be this or that. That's not what it's about. It's about us learning who they are and how they need, what they need from us in order to really get the best of the education we're providing. That's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, we, you know, in our podcast and kind of like a lot in our value system is, is building community. And in, like, I'm a firm believer in believing in building communities because we serve the community as members of the community and communities serve us. And you can only do that through, like you said, grassroots type discussions and saying, instead of, you know, brainstorming all these things of what you think might happen or you think might be it, go and ask the people, what do you want? What do you need How to show up here authentically? Because I don't know about you, Brandy, but I know for me and my personal experiences when I was in spaces where I wasn't completely myself, I look back on it now and I was like, you know, I could have been, my performance could have been that much better and I could have given so much more and served so much more had I shown up truly myself and not afraid of, of the repercussions and the, and the assumptions that were being made of me or, or who I am or what I'm doing. Um, and so that's why it's, and especially as like a kid, 
when you're already going through so much changes and social media, your brain isn't developed yet as a kid. Um, I mean, as adults, it's hard for us to even be on social media. And I have social media breaks. I have once a week where I do not get on social media because my brain cannot take it. Um, just the hate and people get very brave behind those keyboards. So I can only imagine because you wouldn't say some of those things in front of someone that you knew or you you've met, but I can only imagine as a kid, you're already going through so much. You're it's already hard. You're having through so many changes. And especially in a, you know, you, you, your family might not be a quote unquote traditional family, meaning like you're, you might be raised by a single mom or a caregiver or something. So it's like, you're already quote unquote, not normal, which I hate that word because it's like, what is normal? Um, so mm-hmm. I just, I think it's so important that you're creating that space for people. Is that something that is, um, common in the education or is that something that you did on your own? Like you took that on your own and did it yourself. Yeah. I mean, I won't say that I pioneered anything, <laughs> but you know, she's it's being, definitely, she's being humble. Shara. Did you get that? <laughs> She's going to tell you not to be humble. I heard it. I heard something. (laughs) No, I mean, I I honestly don't think that I pioneered anything, but I do hear a lot like, you know, in talking to people who are not in the education field and even, you know, people who are just entering and talking about kind of how we did things at the school I was at. um, I'm always met with the same kind of um, reaction is, wow, I wish we had that when I was in school. I wish I had someone like you and like your team because I would have felt so much more comfortable being myself and maybe I would have come out sooner or maybe I would have, you know, been happier as a kid. Um, and I think that, you know, the things, the little things that we do, like, you know, it was never, you know, donuts with dad or anything like that. And not just because of the LGBTQ community, although that helped too. Right. Um, but it was because of those different types of family dynamics. What if, their father passed away. What if their father is in jail? And so what does that do to those kids that don't have a dad? Right. And so it's, you know, pancakes with parents or not even parents, because some people don't have parents, they have guardians and they have cookies with caregivers. Right. (laughs) I'm just trying to, I'm being at the education thing and rhyming my words. Yeah. (laughs) Like why? Because we're going to have an event called cookies with caregivers. We shall not. (laughs) <laughs> or champagne with caregivers or champagne that's where I more like it but but Brandy you're right it's like that's that's kind of the story of probably uh at least Liz and I and probably some of those who are listening is that you know some spaces just start to evolve while you're in them mm-hmm. and how it evolves the size and kind of creates the environment where you get to decide how you want to show up so I mean Many people have been in education or organizations where it started off as one thing and then now it's something different or things have changed like COVID or your mindset or you individually have grew, you got a new perspective, something has really transformed the space or the environment and and you're constantly like, does this fit? Does it not? Versus sometimes you're like, well, while I'm here deciding that, how do I want to create a space for myself and others? And, And to me, that's the part that just really differentiates how many people share a similar story who feel passionate about it just naturally 
that's the difference. The difference is I'm not just choosing am I in or I'm out, but while I'm here figuring that out, I'm going to be authentically here and I'm gonna show up a certain type of way, whatever that is, like whether you're being a supporter or an advocate or a sponsor, or if you're just sharing your knowledge because you know you're planning your exit, it's those types of things that allows community to be created and those those like um those employee or student driven efforts that really matter start to bubble up because people are just every workplace every school is a community right and in that community is another community which is sits right mm-hmm. so it's all these things that people are just trying to find that sense of belonging and i think you bring up something really important about the responsibility we all have and being a part of that. And it's and, and nobody asked you, asked, you know, if you agree or you don't. It's more about, okay, how can I show up in the space where there's a need? And you can fill in however you want to do that. So I, I'm I'm taking that away, along with a lot of things that you said about I know we write all the stuff down, don't we? Tons of good <laughs> stuff here that I think can be translatable beyond just education. But you know, I think as we close, right, typically we will have some questions from our listeners, but in this case, we did not um, because we haven't really launched that yet. But ideally, you know, if there's anything that you think is key and important in this moment that people need to hear, what is those particular parting words? Yeah, so I would just say, um, you know, as we are entering uh, Pride Month here in Houston, that it's important that we you know, we're not going, as some people like to say, out of our way to um, to do things differently. Um, although some people definitely need to go out of their way to do things differently. <laughs> but um, But it's more about opening yourself up as a human and recognizing that we all have things that we can work on, whether they be you know, personality traits or perceptions or ways of thinking, um, or even just, you know, flaws in general, we all have them and it's important to recognize them within ourselves, but also to understand that the differences that we see in other people are not threats to who we are. They're not threats to the way that we choose to do things for ourselves, um, but instead should be seen as opportunities for growth and for depth of understanding. And whenever you approach things from that perspective, you can never go wrong because you'll always be in a constant place of lifelong learning. Yeah. Oh, actually, she ended it with an education thing, a lifelong <laughs> learning. I, that just, that got me excited about my kindergarten self. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that's what we like to do, Brandy. We at the end of it, we always like to give people tools. And you gave us a number of tools that we're gonna put on the website, um, including some videos that we really enjoyed. I think I think that's what the space is. And I'll go back to just uh, a tug or a pull around a topic. It's time to 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 take that as an opportunity to focus on themselves and, the, and not to spew anything out for anybody else, but to take a moment for themselves and say. Why is this tugging positive or negatively at me? And 
really grapple with it because unlike a lot of things that's happened to us over the last couple of years, like COVID, hybrid or remote work or this elevation of just more to the LGBT for that plus, right? More communities that we need to learn about um, or questions about our education and what's available for education, um, or whether you agree or not agree or what the topics are or not the topics are or the books or not the books. It goes back to who who are you and how do you want to be in this space and be of service, not just to yourself to grow, but to service to others in this space as we all go through this transition. I jokingly told a friend of mine, I said, like, we are in that moment where the seat the seatbelt moment is where back in the day where the cars ain't had no seatbelts and it was nothing wrong with that. And then now they got seatbelts and everybody like, why we got seatbelts? Why we need these seatbelts? Why we need to know about all these pluses? Why we need to know about this? Why? And guess what? Now you get in a car and it is like mindless that you put your seatbelt on or if you got a nice car. car beats at you if you don't have your seatbelt on. Right. And so now somebody be looking at you like, you don't got your seatbelt on. What's wrong with you? You all right? Like, you know, what's <laughs> wrong with you? So we are in that seatbelt moment. Pick where you are on the spectrum, right? You either got it on, you are raising the flags to tell people that it's important or you're like, I don't know why we need them. We, I've been doing this for 10 years and they don't need no seatbelt. I ain't never been in an accident. That's fine. But where you are matters, right? Because community is going to decide whether it exists or it doesn't because you're there. Yeah. And everybody has a role. And and it's a matter of um too, you know, like the whole growing and learning thing, being uncomfortable is when you grow. And so I kind of, I think Shara, you jumped a little bit on our, like what we want to ask the audience, but I'm going to bring it back because I thought it was such a good question for the audience on like, as Brandy was sharing her story and sharing more about LGBTQ plus communities in education and what we can do to support that community. It's like, how did you feel during this conversation? What came up for you during the conversation? When were you uncomfortable? And I always like to say, not only like, what were your thoughts, but what were your physical reactions of it too? And remember those and write them down and then come back to this conversation and send us messages, send us questions. And I'm sure, Brandy, you would be open to answering questions for our audience that gets posted and everything like that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I am I can be unofficial mother to those of you that are listening in too that need someone. So my, my email, brandy at outforeducation.org is always open and available for any questions or even venting. Always here. Thank yes, you. and we will post that along with her information and the resources on our website and also Instagram. I also wanted to add for those organizations, so those of you who have power and influence, you know, something Brandy said that they're using in education, right, is a, that could be and is a best practice, which is, hey, make sure you're creating the same language, right? Don't assume that people understand what you're talking about and they have the same definition. She also mentioned that you need to ask questions. Stop to this point, it's not at the top, it's at the people who are coming in every day, making, you know, making it work, who need to have a voice. And then when you get that feedback, right, when you solicit that feedback, to listen and to co-collaborate to build those solutions. So those coaches out there, right, co-creation is really important about making sure people feel like they're a part of what's happening. So they're not, it's not happening to them, it's happened, you're doing it together. And then also, I think the piece that we talk don't often talk about is really be accountable to that action plan. So Brandon was like, hey, look, we're going to build solutions, but let's make sure this action plan, we're going to be accountable through surveying 
and also continuously engaging and checking in whether it's working, i.e., you know, last summer I like to be called Shara, but now maybe I want to be called Shade in this coming year, right? Those are important things, right? So in addition to those tools, think through in your organizations, your powers, your level of influence, where can you use some of those tools and not be looking to somebody else, right? Because you, <laughs> if you were, if you listen to this podcast, whether you know it, have the title or not, you are influencer and you and you want something to happen and you're probably the catalyst in addition to others to make that happen. I will say um, there is one organization that really helped me um, several years ago um, with kind of, it was before all of the Texas like legal stuff started coming up, but um, we had a lot of transgender, well, I won't say a lot. I'll say more transgender youth coming into the school that I was at than ever before. And so I, um, you know, asked teachers kind of how they felt and what they needed help with and support. And so they, a lot of them didn't understand pronouns. They didn't understand kind of, well, what if, like you said, Shara, like today I want to be called this, but then a week from now I want to be called that. And so there was a lot of ideas around like, is that real? Is this a phase? How do I handle it? but also be within the lines of the law, right? Discrimination law. And so we brought in, um, they're called Black Trans Men Incorporated. And one of the founders is Carter Brown. And he really helped us out. He came with um, his team to the campus before the school year began and talked to our teachers, um, you know, about pronouns, about they shared actually their stories and coming out and and transitioning. And so it just kind of helped our teachers to fully understand, you know, what it means to be transgender and and thought process that goes on and the emotions and the support that they would need from educators. So it's an excellent resource for those that are curious. Um, now, again, with the law and things that are changing, we want to tread lightly, but it's always good to kind of reach out and see what can be done uh, within the confines of the policies of your district. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brandy, so much. Um, we're going to post your bio on Instagram. Um, we'll put everybody, they can be able to contact you as well through, um, through our Instagram page, or, you know, that you put all your contact information as well as all your resources. You gave us like a slew of them today. Yes. You gave us before we even like had our, our session. You also gave us a couple of other, um, you know, tools for, for people to, to go look at. And, you know, I just leave people with the power story. You know, you learn people's story and it changes your perspective. Um, and I'm sure now everyone knows Brandy and her story. And um, and I just want to thank you for sharing um, your story with us and being so vulnerable and just open and knowledgeable, not just because you're, you've been in, in education, but that's just who you are. And and we just want to thank you for for being in our on our episode. Yay. Thank you for being the space, especially during Pride month yes. oh, pride month yes or, or as Liz says, woo, woo, woo. oh no not you Brandy <laughs> it was See? the most awkward oh. moment of my life <laughs> oh my goodness I can't with y'all I can't oh that is staying on the podcast buddy oh. don't edit that out <laughs> oh the tears y'all listen I I am this college is working and I'm not indulging with y'all <laughs> All right. Well, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, um, and send us any questions that you have at Liz and Shara at more than words podcast.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye. See y'all. Bye.